daughter, when she came on the platform, she always had bags of things because uh, she used to go to Africa and then she would buy things that, that little trinkets and things. And I remember one time we were on furlough here and we all had to sit on the platform so we could see what was going on, you know, and I was just a little girl. And so Auntie Alice gets up and she's got tablecloths and she's got pottery and she's got beads and she's showing everybody. It was the Preston Convention, Missions Convention. She's showing everybody and she's going way over her time. So Uncle Jim, her husband, he gets up and he pulls the back of her dress like that. She takes no notice. She just went on preaching. We got the giggles, of course, and then he gets up again and he pulls the back of her dress again. But she took no notice. Auntie Alice was going to say what she needed to say because she had a lot to say, hallelujah. She would come to Africa and, and they would come right out of their way to come to the boarding school and visit us and say hello to us, which was amazing because we, we didn't really know any of our relatives from England, but, but they made sure that we got to know them. And then when they said goodbye to us, she would always leave money in my hand, just secretly, so that the, the lady who ran the dormitory didn't see we had more pocket money than anybody else. So, you know, I have an amazing husband. He can do absolutely anything. He's an electrical engineer. He ran his own business. He's built homes. He's built churches. As you know, he, he, he loves to go uh, farming and, and feed the poor. But this week, he became a boat builder. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit more about this later on. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of the tongue. And I think it's, uh, it's very important in the days that we're living in, in, in all that's going on, the changes that are happening, the, the financial stress that people are finding them in, it's very important that we know about the tongue. So um, we're going to go to Acts chapter 5 and verse 19, and we find the apostles have been put in prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Isn't that amazing, church? If ever you get in prison, remember this word. There's, there are angels that can get you out of prison. There are angels that can open the door for you. There are angels that can help us on this earth. An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people the words of this life. When I read that the other day, I thought, this sounds like our evangelism team. Go, stand, speak words of life. That's exactly what they do. Go, stand, speak words of life. I thought about a story that I, I heard, a true story about words of life. So there was a little boy that came home from school one day, gave his mom a letter, 
When she read it, she got tears in her eyes, but she didn't show him. She turned around to him and she said, Oh, Thomas, you are so brilliant. You are so clever. The school has said, I must keep you at home and, and, and I must teach you at home. So little Thomas was taught by his mom at home. He went on to be the one who perfected the light bulb. He, he patented many, many other inventions. And then one day, his mother passed away. And Thomas found a letter, the very letter he had brought home from school, and he read it. His name was Thomas Edison. We all learned about him in our science lessons, didn't we, at school? The letter read this, Dear Mrs. Edison, your child is incapable of learning. We will never be able to teach him anything. Please keep him at home. But you see, that wise mother spoke words of life over her child and changed his life. Today, church, I want us to take words of life and become world changers. Hallelujah. We have the words of life in us. We are able to become cha world changers, but you today are able to change your world because we build our world with our words. And so we have to learn that we go, we stand, we speak words of life. And it goes on in Acts chapter five and says, and daily, in the temple. You see, words of life are not just spoken in, on a Sunday morning. Oh, today I'm going to be positive, you know, because Pastor Lily's going to be listening to me. No, it's a daily, it's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a heart style, it's a mind style. It's a daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So the Lord sent an angel to get them out of prison, but you know, the angel didn't preach the, the words of life because you and I have been given that awesome and wonderful responsibility to be able to speak. Elephants can't speak, lions can't speak. You know, dogs, you think they speak, but they don't really speak. But we have been made in the image of God and we can speak. And we all know Genesis chapter one, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said, and God said, the question is today, what are you saying? What are you saying? So Matthew um, 15, 11 says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth and in Matthew 12 36 but I say to you that every idle word men may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned I am very aware in this season that the Holy Spirit who is beginning to manifest as in the in the glory 
as, as the glory of God. He's beginning to manifest as the glory of God. And church, I missed it last night and a lot of you did too. Because there was a, 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 a praise meeting here. It, you, it's the last Saturday of every month and it goes from six to nine. But the glory of God came in here and they went on till 10 o'clock. Hallelujah. One little boy comes to his mother and says, what's this heat that I'm feeling? Oh, hallelujah. The manifest glory of God is beginning to fall across the earth. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is really dealing with us at this moment is idle words. Oh, I was only joking. Oh, I didn't mean it. Foolish jesting. It can become a habit that we speak idle words. But, and then we say, you know, oh, oh, you know, God understands what I meant. God knows I wasn't serious. But this scripture says every idle word that men and women may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So this is a, a very serious question. And you know, in my Bible, it's written in red. In your Bible, if, if the words of Jesus are written in red, it's in red. These are the words of Jesus. Be careful about the idle words that you speak. Today, I have good news for you. Because the Lord wants to break idle words that have been spoken over your life. The Lord wants to break uh, words over your life like things the teachers have said to you, you'll never amount to anything. Perhaps parents have said, oh, you'll never be anybody. Oh, you're just going to sweep the streets. Have you heard that one? You know, you're just going to be a street sweeper. Words like that, we're breaking them over you today in Jesus' name because God wants every one of you to be a world changer. Hallelujah. Before you were born, God had a plan for your life and it never changed. No matter what you did or what you said or what way you went, God's plan has remained the same. And although sometimes we didn't participate in his plan, he keeps bringing us back and giving us an opportunity to get fully into his plan for our lives. I want to fulfill God's plan for my life. About What about you? Amen. So what about this little boat? Ex-Church Bradford boat. James 3 verse 10 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. I, I read this somewhere and wrote it down. It says, the test of a man's reality is when he goes to a football match and when his team makes a mistake, what comes out of his mouth? I've heard so-called strong Christians use bad language under pressure. These things ought not to be. You will be powerless. We're only as powerful as the words that come out of our mouth 
when we're under pressure, when somebody steps on, on our toes, when somebody upsets us, when, when we, we call the pastor and say, well, God understands why I'm going off like this because, you know, you know that, that shows exactly where we are by the words that we speak under pressure. So James 3 verse 3 says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship. So Pastor Abe made this for me. You know, this is all one piece of cardboard. It's really brilliant, isn't it? And uh, this is the rudder, I'm told. And it moves like that. See? You see? And I think James had such an amazing imagination because he must have been down by the sea one day and he's looking at the ships and he says, that rudder is just like a tongue. That's what he said. And so it says here, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, imagine this, among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. Did you ever go to six classes on how to tame the tongue? It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So our tongues are just like the rudder of this ship. I've been told this is called a keel. This is a, a rudder. So when, 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 when the captain turns it, the ship turns. We were in... Alaska, and we were in a, sh a, a huge ship, and it turned in the smallest space. There was absolute silence on the boat as we all watched this ship turn, just praying that it wouldn't touch the sides and that it we wouldn't be stuck. But this, this ship can move, and if, if the rudder moves this way, then the whole ship turns around. You are able to change your, your life today by changing your words. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a ship by the name of the Titanic. I'm sure you all know about it. It was the 15th of July, 1912. And um, a, a, a notice came out in the newspaper and it said, even God, cannot sink this ship. Well, Smith Wigglesworth had a ticket on that ship. 
The Lord spoke to him and said, don't go. So he didn't go. And that ship went crashing into an iceberg and many, many, many lives were lost. You know why? Because when they did some investigation, they found the boat at the bottom of the, of the sea, the binoculars that they were supposed to use so they could look ahead were still locked in the cupboard because they thought this ship got, oh, no, not even God can sink the ship. And they went plowing into an iceberg because they hadn't seen it and turned the ship away. Our words are like a rudder and we can change our world by changing our words. You know, I'm here today because somebody helped me change my words. And uh, because of, of where I grew up and how I grew up, I grew up in the presence of mighty men of God and mighty preachers. We heard about Smith Wigglesworth all the time. We, there was a, a, the director of the Congo Evangelistic Mission, WFP Burton, a mighty man of God. Harold Wamersley, a mighty man of God. There were great preachers in Britain in their day. And you know, I always thought, I'll never preach like they do. I just, I just want to interrupt the story a minute here and say, God made you and you be yourself. And, and uh, you know, one day the Lord spoke to me as I, I watched Abe painting a picture and thinking what a wonderful gift that is to, to be an artist and to be able to paint. And, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you may not be able to paint a picture with a brush, but you can tell a story with your words. So if I'm a storyteller, I'm just being me. I think I'm like my Auntie Alice. So we have to be ourselves. So I always said to myself, I'll never preach like all these great preachers. And then for some reason, I began to get invitations to go to the USA. And, and I would always say this, why are you inviting me to your country when you have such great preachers in your country? And I was really serious. I thought, why do they waste their, their money paying for my airfare, putting me up in a hotel, paying for the, you know, the whole conference when they have great preachers in America? Why are they looking to Africa? So one day my phone rang and it was a friend of mine. I was so happy to hear her voice. I said, hello, Judy. She said, this is not your friend, Judy. This is not your ministry friend, Dr. Judy. This is a prophet of the most high God. And the Lord would say, why do I hear you saying, why do you invite me to your country when you have such great preachers in your own country? For I, the Lord, am inviting you, he said. I was shaking by this time. She put the phone down on me. She called me last week and we had a good laugh about it. She put the phone down on me and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I realized that God 
listens to every conversation that we have. You know, my mom and dad, they would call each other mommy and daddy when we were around. I overheard a conversation once where my, my mom was talking to my dad and, uh, and my dad says, mommy, you shouldn't be talking like that about those people. She says, oh, daddy, I'm only talking to you. And he said, no, God is listening to us. That was a lesson that I learned. God hears every conversation that we have. He was listening to me say, why do you invite me? The real reason was an insecurity, an inferiority. I didn't feel good enough. You know, I thought Americans were just better speakers, all of these things. So I fasted for three days. And then I walked down to a park near our house. There's a great big dam in the park. In the middle of the dam, there's a fountain. And it starts very low, and then it gets higher and higher and higher and higher. I picked up a stone. I'd done a ladies' conference in South Africa. And I had written on some white stones, one for each lady. And I had written these words, Jehovah Ezer, the Lord God, my helper. That was the, the, what the conference was all about. I picked up my stone. I took it to the park. I waited for the fountain to get up to the top. And I threw it and I shouted, that's my giant and I'm taking you down today. And never again will I say, why do you invite me to your country when you've got such great speakers in your own country? I said, Lord, here I am. Let me change the world. Hallelujah. I told that story in a, in a conference at, in Daytona Beach. And uh, after the meeting, everybody disappeared. I said, where, is, where are they? They said they're all down on the beach picking up stones and they're killing their giants. God changed my life that day. Because it, instead of Instead of saying no all the time, I began to say yes, and I turned my life around. I would not be here today if that had not happened. So the Lord is going to begin to speak to you about your own life and places where you need to turn your boat around and, and begin to say yes to the Lord. Because when he invites you, he equips you. And he is taking you into the plan that he had for your life before you were even born. It's a wonderful thing that he can reverse your past and he can bring you into your future and get you right on target. So Psalm 78, 19 says, they spoke against God and they said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Well, he fed them for 40 years, didn't he? Instead of saying, can God, begin to say, God can. Change your language. Begin to say, God can. Instead of, can God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But we say things like, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry on. Life is just too much. So instead of saying, I can't, begin to say, I can. Yeah. 
according to the word of God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can bring down your giants, your giant of fear, your giant of of finance, your giant of family, whatever the doctor has spoken over your life can be changed today in Jesus' name because you're going to take up your tongue and change your language and change your words. Instead of saying, you know, the doctor says I'll never ever get well again, you are going to say by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. 2,000 years ago, we were healed. We are going into a time, church, where faith is required. Strong faith is required. Next year, we're going to do a year on faith, building faith. Psalm 55, 11, Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word in your mouth is powerful. It will not return void. It will always accomplish what it was meant to. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. So we never say, why is this not working? We say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Why is it not happening? I believe it. God said it, that settles it. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's the story of about Elijah. Of Elijah. And uh, Elijah had just been with the prophets of Baal, and he had won a great victory as the prophets had, of Baal had acknowledged that the God of Elijah was God, the fire came down on the sacrifice and they were all saying, God, he is God. God, he is God. God, he is God. Can you hear Bradford saying, God, he is God. God, he is God. God, he is the true and living God. It's all going to change as we change our words over Bradford. When they, they say we don't do God, that's not going to happen. They are going to say, God, he is God. Amen. So they'd had this wonderful breakthrough. And then the Lord sends Elijah to declare to the king Ahab that there is going to be rain. They had been in a terrible drought. And Ahab, uh, Elijah says to Ahab, the rain is coming. And then he, he, he goes up the mountain and he begins to pray. And uh, he sends his servant to look. And there's no physical sign of rain. He sends the servant again. You know the story. The servant comes back, no rain. He sends him again three times, four times, five times. Six times. Imagine if they stopped then. But on the sixth time, he sent him again. And on the seventh time, the servant came back and said, there is a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's it. And he began to run. 
If you're not seeing it, don't give up. Just keep looking for your miracle. Keep looking for your miracle. It's a fight of faith that we're in. And we must hold on to God's word. And we must refuse to be moved until we see it produce what it promises in our lives. Whatever you've been believing for, don't give up. Go and look again until that breakthrough comes into your life. Don't give up, church. Mark eleven twenty three. we all know this scripture, such a well-known verse now, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will, will be done, he will have whatever he says. What are we saying, Acts Church Bradford? For he will have whatever he says. Do we need to change our words? You know, when we came here in January 2020, it was about the second service. A little boy came up, 12 years old. He says, Pastor, I have a word for you. I said, what is that? He says, the B in Bradford stands for blessed. You see, God was listening to us because we were walking around Bradford, Abe and I, and we were saying, this city is broken. This city is so broken. It seemed like every time we went out, all we saw were people limping and, and crutches and wheelchairs. And we kept saying, the city is broke. God was listening. And he said, change your world. Change your words, and you can change your city. So we began to, those days, I would get the church to stand up. We would look through these windows, and we would say, Bradford, you are blessed. You are beautiful, and you are a center for business in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Change your words, and you will change your world. So... My tongue steers my life in the direction that I will go. I want you just to look at your neighbor and say that. Say, my tongue steers my life in the direction I will go. My tongue steers my life in the direction. I will go. The good news is my tongue is like a rudder and I can change direction. Isn't that good news today? I don't have to keep going towards the iceberg. I can change my direction. In Matthew 8, 5, there's the story of the Roman officer. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came. And pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. This story just caught my attention because the Roman officer came on behalf of his servant. We're not told whether the servant knew that he was coming or whether the servant was in, in any kind of agreement with this 
But the Roman officer had authority over the servant. If you're here today and there's somebody at home sick, then you can take this story and see them healed. Amen. Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. We need to know our authority in Christ Jesus. We need to know what the word of God says. And that Jesus says, behold, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Hallelujah. Our, our eldest son, we found out, was allergic to bee stings. And it's strange how the one who is allergic is the one that always got stung. And, uh, and so he would get stung. And the first time it happened, fortunately, I had a friend in the house because I'd never seen anybody allergic to a bee sting. And I was just taking no, no notice. And she said, she says, Lily... He, he's going blue. You need to get him to a doctor. So I got him to the doctor, and the doctor spoke words to me that put fear in my heart. The doctor said, if you don't have this child on a drip within 20 minutes of a bee sting, he will die. Those are terrible words to hear. And then he was always the one that got stung. And I was always in the car and rushing down to the hospital. And he's allergic. You must put him on a drip straight away. And then one day, Abe and I, we, we had decided we, uh, to go to Bible school full time. And um, I was at home with the boys. And Abe was in a class. So we only had one car at the time. I, uh, Peter got stung, he, he stepped on a bee by mistake, and, uh, and he began to swell up. I, I tried to phone the doctor, I tried to phone people, nobody was answering the phone, and, and eventually I got through to the Bible school, and I told them what was going on, and they said, there's 2,000 students here, we will be praying for you. Well, I thought Abe was going to get into the car and come straight home, it wasn't very far, and I thought, well, while I'm waiting for him, I'm going to read the word of God to this little boy. I took all the healing scriptures and I began to read the healing scriptures. He was blue. He was panting for breath. And I came across that scripture that says, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy to tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means harm you. And he says, mommy, would it be serpents and scorpions and bees? And I said, yes. He was about eight years old at the time. And so we read it. 
Behold, I give you power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and bees. And you know, he began to laugh. I said, why are you laughing? He says, because it's gone from the inside. Hallelujah. Abe didn't even come home. I said, where were you? He says, well, 2,000 students were praying for you. Of course he was going to get healed. <laughs> That's faith. If you have an allergy, you know, church, we don't have to put up with anything. We have all power and all authority. We can take the word of God and we can use it to change our lives by changing our words because God's word is so powerful. There's nothing can stand against God's word. I know right now the Holy Spirit is talking to you about certain things and you're saying, I'm going to change that. I don't have to put up with that any longer. I'm going to, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change my words. And then he goes on in verse 13. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. What did he believe? He believed. This is what he said. He believed that if, if, if Jesus spoke the word, that the servant would be healed. He said, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. He believed that. God is taking us into a, a season where he is developing our faith again. You know, we've been through all the faith teachings and, you know, my dad explained it to me one day. He says, it goes around in circles. You know, God keeps reminding us of his word and bringing things back to our attention when it's needed in, in, on the world platform. And we are going to be hearing again the teaching of faith. Believe the word of God. Change your words and you will change your world. In Proverbs 11, 11, I found this scripture. And it says, by the blessing of the upright... The city is exalted. Isn't that exciting? Because that's exactly what God said to us about Bradford. Call it blessed. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So we have to be so careful what we're saying over our city, church. Because if we begin to, to agree with the mouth of the wicked, you know, we're going to be in the camp of the wicked. We're changing sides. We want to be the ones that bless and we do not curse. We can change our city. We can change our family. We can change our business. We can change our finances. We must be very, very careful what we're saying at the moment about our finances. My God, it was read today. My God, my God, not my government, not my PM, Prime Minister, not my King, my God, the King of all kings, 
my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He owns the the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. You, You say, how is he going to do it? He can post cash through your letterbox. I think I've told you that story. He can, he, can, he can just pop money through your letterbox. He can, he can get that finance to you. But church, we have to be saying the right words. Not, oh, I don't know. You know, well, I'm going to freeze this winter. I can't put my heating on. I can't afford this. My, my interest has gone up. Listen, church, don't say, can God. Say, God can. Don't say, I can't. Say, I can. Say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Then get into a cozy bed and sleep all night. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the scripture says, don't worry about tomorrow. In fact, the King James says, don't don't even take thought. Don't even take thought about tomorrow. Now, we know that that doesn't mean we're not going to study if there's an exam. You know, that would be nice, wouldn't it? You don't have to study. God says, I don't have to take thought about tomorrow. I'm not even going to study for my exam. You know, no, it's not. We have to prepare. But when it comes to worry, church, we need to repent. This is, this is something that we really need to repent about. Worry. Not being able to sleep. Repentance means to change your mind and to turn the other way. Repentance literally means that if I've been going this way, I am going to start saying new words, and I am going to turn the other way. I am going to change my mind. You have to take, you have to take control of your mind. Put it under the blood of Jesus because you worry. And when you worry, you make yourself sick. We have to repent of worry. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you love death, you'll eat the fruit of death. If you speak words of death, you'll eat the fruit of death. If you speak words of life, you you will eat the fruit of life. The scripture says with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Hallelujah. I want us all to stand, church. As we're in the presence of the Lord, if if you are if you are aware of 
words that you've spoken, of worries that you've, you've, you've spoken about, words that have been contrary to the word of God. You're saying, can, can God instead of God can. You're saying, I, I can't instead of I can. You, you're believing the report of the doctor instead of the report of the Lord. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hands because I know I'm ministering to, to everybody in the room probably. And we thank you, Father, that today signs follow the preaching of the word. And as, as the Holy Spirit has been ministering to each heart, I thank you, Lord, that chains are broken, words are broken. I break words over your life that was spoken to you and have kept you in bondage ever since you were a child. In Jesus' name, I break words over your life that, that husbands and wives have spoken to one another. In Jesus' name, I break words over your life that the medical profession has spoken over your life saying you will never recover. In Jesus' name, I, I break words over your life that say that you have a mental disability in Jesus name I break those words by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today we say I am changing my words and I am changing my world can you say that say I am changing my words and I am changing my world in Jesus name hallelujah Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're changing our world so that we can become world changers. Hallelujah. 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 I firmly believe that everyone that comes through these doors will be used in this great end time revival i firmly believe it is the plan of god and if you will line up with the plan of god it is the plan of god for god to use you in this end time revival i i believe that god wants to use your homes and you will find yourself having having groups of people in the house and you will be speaking with them, teaching them and praying with them. Because in this end time harvest, it could be like the day of Pentecost when 120 were in the room and then the next day there were 3,000 souls to look after. Church, God is preparing us. And if we will take the word that comes seriously, we will be ready for when the souls start coming in. We will be ready when we say, who has a home that could take a half a dozen people or 12 or so on a Wednesday night and teach them? God is preparing you. God 
God is putting words in your mouth. God is up, upping your faith in the word of God. He's going to wake you up in the night season and speak to you. He's going he's to uh, remind you to read the word of God. He's going to remind you every day, read the word of God. How are you going to get strong in faith? It's by reading the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's all about the word of God and it's all about the spirit of God obeying his voice. Church, God is preparing us. We are the army of the Lord. God is preparing you. He is preparing you to use you mightily in this end time harvest. Are you ready, Lord? Will you say yes, Jesus? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Use me in this end time harvest. Are you ready to say yes, Lord? It may mean that you have to change some things in your life, but it will always be for the glory of God. It will always be for the better. God has a plan for your life. Before you were born, the plan was in place and he will bring it to fruition. If you will just bow your knee and say, me, Lord, me, Lord, let me be a, cha a world changer. Use me in this end time harvest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While every head is bowed in this place today. If you have never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life, now is your opportunity. Or if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, on the count of three, I want you just to lift your hand. We are going to pray for you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? This is your moment to change your world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I would like you all to pray with me this prayer. As we help those who have put their hands up to come into a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came and you gave your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin. I ask you to wash me in your blood, Lord Jesus. Make me new. Make me clean. From this day on, I will serve you with all my heart. I am yours, Lord Jesus. And you are my Savior today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.